everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Stick a Fork in It. What episode is this? Who like knows? 500. <laughs> right? There are days. Honestly, if I had to guess, I'd say like 40, maybe? Yeah. Oh. We're up in that number. Yeah. 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 We got some content for him. Look at that. Y'all are getting yeah. it. Yeah. I know. And I'm so excited to have you here. We oh. have Miguel Fuller from the Miguel and Holly Show on Hot 101.5. Yes. Thank you My, for having me. For thank you for driving over. So you just got a tour of the food bank. Yes. Was it what you thought or imagined or? I actually didn't have any clue. Um, I was sort of like, I'm just, I have, it's like blank in my mind. I just imagined there's a bunch of boxes and people, but just to see how complicated it is Mm -hmm. and that there's so many nuances and then all the volunteers that I saw, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's really cool to see how much we as a society and especially locally come together to help those in need because it's not like anyone's walking away from this saying I'm getting rich. Mm. They're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They are. And to see the volunteers, to me that is what always gets me because everybody's busy. Everybody's so, so busy. So to see that there are people that are taking time out of their busy lives to help and to give back, that's just, I love that. I love seeing that. Well, you're going to be blown away because it takes over 4,200 volunteers a month. Wow. And we have over 40,000 in our database. My goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. And those people just uh, are driven and have a passion for our community. And, you know, we're just one of, you know, what, over 450 of our partners and the people out there. And we're just Mm -hmm. one of the nonprofits in this area. You know what I mean? So we just have the most caring community. And I know you feel that from what you do and your oh, work. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I hear the people call in, the people that respond to you guys on social. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to feel the love. I think one of the biggest things that I have loved about doing a morning show in this size of a city is the people that give back, even if they can't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Find a way. Yes. One yes. of the things that I've noticed through the years in doing different sorts of food drives or toy drives, you know, the person that drives up in like the super fancy car, mm-hmm. they'll come out with like one Barbie doll and they're like, <laughs> I'm doing my justice. Right. <laughs> and then you have the mom with like three kids, you know, they right. they haven't been able to buy anything new. And she's like, well, we heard y'all on the radio. <laughs> we scr- I, I told the kids that we can't get that. A treat tonight right. so we can buy as much as we can for oh. those kids right. that have even less than what we right. have right. and it's always those people right. that are stepping up yeah. to give back and right. it's just so inspiring yeah. to see it's like because right. they get it you know yeah. like they, they're like I, I'm there I feel I, I feel your pain you know? absolutely right, <laughs> right. and absolutely. they're also teaching their children absolutely by their work and that's what's important really as important. well right yeah future generations teaching them how to be charitable and kind <laughs> absolutely growing you know? them up yeah speaking of growing up where did you tell us about you? Yeah. yeah. So I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I grew up there, but I always say my growing up was sort of split in half. Mm-hmm. So I was in Atlanta for the first six years of my life. And then my mom met a guy mm-hmm. and we were like, we're going to be whisked away to Denver, Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah. So my all of my family has been in Atlanta for generations. And my mom is like, we're the ones moving to Denver. <laughs> it's every six year old's dream. Right. Exactly. So I was like, let's go. Um, But it changed me in such a huge way where I was around different cultures. I used to have a really, really, really thick Southern accent. It went away. 
Um, and so it really like sort of changed the course of my life because that was when I was first opened up to different cultures. Mm -hmm. And then after six years, we moved back to Atlanta. Uh, My grandmother had a stroke in 97 when I was 11. And so we ended up moving back to Atlanta to take care of her for a little bit. And so then my life went in like a whole different course. And so I have like these two different sides of my childhood that sort of taught me different lessons from Atlanta to Denver. Um, So that's where I spent most or my childhood in Denver in Atlanta. Right, right. So, and then from there, how did you end up in your current career? In Florida. You know, it's so funny. I always wanted to do radio. Um, Ever since I was a, a young little boy, I would always have my little tape recorder and I would record like the Miguel show and be the host wow. and the listeners. And my mom was like, is my son well? Because <laughs> he, he's telling a lot of different, a lot of different voices coming from his room. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's what I always wanted to do. Yeah. But then when I was in middle school or elementary school, I stuttered. So I not only had a Southern accent, I stuttered as well. Mm. And so when my mom saw that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, she was like, oh, baby, I don't know. You don't talk so good. I don't know (laughs) how this is going to work. And so when I was in middle school, I did this at my Crabapple Middle School. It was called Good Morning CMS, where it was like a weekly uh, like TV show. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to be on that. It's so cool that there's a school where we get to be on TV locally or in side so i remember the first episode i was on i wrote in the seventh grade and this is how i knew i was always extra (laughs) i wrote about how this is in 97 Mm -hmm. the racial inequality on nbc uh late night or nbc musty tv thursday night programming (laughs) there was a lack of diversity and i'd love to see someone that looks like me man I was 11. Yes. Go. Early. <laughs> yes. I'm just, Amazing. it's always so funny to me how I was always like tuned into those sort of things. So I had this great little script written out with these examples and I had cited my sources and then I get in there and I just stutter through oh. the whole thing. Oh man. And you could just see everybody in the room being like, oh, <laughs> ooh, what is he doing? Right. Uh. But you know what? I was like, I know it sucked. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep coming in. Good. So every week I would go in with a different story, and I would work on it. I would work on it. I would work on it. And so for the next two years, I got better and better, and I learned how to control my mm-hmm. stutter mm-hmm. and how to read copy when I'm on the air and how to do yeah. it in my own way. Right. So that was sort of like my first big challenge that I had to overcome when mm-hmm. it comes to being in this industry, in right. the entertainment mm-hmm. industry. So from there, we had a radio station in high school that I was a station manager of, and then we had one in college. I went to Georgia. Southern University okay. um, and I was a station manager of my college there and then I interned in Savannah Georgia um, at this top 40 radio station there and I was one of the lucky ones uh-huh. that two months before graduation when I was like so where do I work to do radio right. like, how do I do this right. um, they were like somebody just left oh. we have a full-time position <laughs> it's wow. like so literally that Friday I walked across the stage and got my diploma that Monday I had my U-Haul went down to Savannah and I started full-time in radio wow and it's just gone on since then so I was very very blessed to <laughs> have that opportunity open up immediately when I graduated college absolutely wow you just worked so Backing up mm-hmm. to those written pages, mm-hmm. who has those? 
please tell me you have those archived somewhere. Your mom. You know, I am I am an organized pack rat. <laughs> there somewhere. It's yes. there. I have it. Yes. I save everything. Yeah. I save everything. It, it, it infuriates my fiance to no end yeah. because I have these boxes of my papers and I'm like, that's going to be worth money someday, okay? Yes. They're going to have the Museum of Miguel and right. they're going to want to see this drawing I did in third grade, okay? <laughs> Someone's going to want to see it. That's genius. Right. Yes, right. but when you talk to a group of students and you can show them what you wrote mm -hmm. when right. you were 11 years old, especially during these times, right. that would be so inspiring to kids. You got to you got to dig that up. You know, I, I'm going to look for that. Yeah. I you am need look to. For that. I hadn't thought about looking for that paper in you so long. Do. Oh, I yeah. want to see it. I want to see it. I love it. I love yeah. your story. Yeah, I mean, I kind of cool. knew it a little bit, but not that detailed. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. I love it. Okay, so Savannah, which mm -hmm. happens to be one of my favorite cities. Mm. Love it. Oh it's my a lot god! Of fun. The food, the music, Oof. yeah, the tours, peach sangria. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. So good. You can walk on the street right? with your alcohol. So great. Was I, so was, I was gonna go there, but yeah. you did. So yeah. I was gonna say my favorite party Absolutely. weekend. <laughs> With the girls, with my mm. man, with whoever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. So how long were you there? I was there for one year. Okay. Wow. Now, see, so here's the thing. Everything we just said, yes. I was 21 and I made like no money because mm. oh. I was full time, but it was radio uh. in 2007. Here's your $3. Thank exactly. you so much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So I was like, I lived on the outskirts. So like where you go when you go to Savannah and you're like, oh, it's so charming and uh -huh. so nice. Yeah. I didn't live there. <laughs> you would that's visit. Not, exactly. Right. I didn't, that, that's where we did events on the weekends. Right. Gotcha. I did not live there. And so at the time, I hated it. Mm -hmm. I was gotcha. over it because I was poor. Oh, man. I was talking about food. I like. There are times when I look back at that year and that's like your make or break it mm. in right. radio or any career really when you're not mm. making a lot of money because there are times when I'm like oh my gosh I would get paid and I would be like wait my rent like my paycheck is only five or ten more dollars than my rent <laughs> right how are you supposed to live yeah. life how are you supposed to do stuff yeah and so I worked like three jobs on top of my full-time job there right. wow. um, but it's so much of my belief in giving back um, in helping out charity organizations mm -hmm. uh, formed there mm -hmm. because I had so much help during that time yeah. that I would not have made it through. Right. And so I was just ready to sort of get out of that because I was working at all hours of the night. I was working at a TV station as a camera person. I was working at Barnes & Noble uh, part-time. Uh, so I was just like nonstop. Wow. And I was trying to get on a morning show. So one of my friends that I went to college with, he had moved to Panama City to start a morning show the year before. Mm -hmm. And so this was six months into my time in Savannah. He said, hey, there is this morning show conference with the people that we like listen to because like online listening had like just started. Mm -hmm. And okay. so I would like discover these different morning shows <laughs> that weren't in Atlanta. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these people, this is amazing. All these other morning shows. Yeah. And I just want, I just wanted to hear more, know more. And then we found out about this um, morning show conference. And so, and this is in 2008. 
So this was February of 2008. He said, hey, me and my new co-host, Holly, because uh, Holly had just started working with him. She had moved to uh, Panama City in the fall of 07. Hmm. She, he was like, we're going to this morning show conference, but we have to pretend that you're on our show uh-huh. in order for you to go. Yeah. So I saved up for like two months and I paid my way in and we just pretended like I was on the show. Nice. Now, mind you, this is my first time meeting Holly. And so we immediately just got along so well <laughs> and we laughed and we had so much fun. And that weekend, we were out drinking and talking to our mentors at the time. And that was the first time that Kramer and Holly and I were like, we could be a show. <laughs> like, the three of us, like, we're having fun, we're laughing. Right. And so they were like, all right, well, let's go back and see. So Panama City is a much smaller market than Savannah. And so I literally went from full-time, not making much, mm-hmm. but making even less. Oh, man. Because in Panama City, it's a smaller market. Yeah. So they were like, we can't pay you full-time, you'll be part-time. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point we can make you full-time. <laughs> and so literally I was like, I'm going from having benefits full-time to no benefits part-time. Oh, man. What am I going to do? <laughs> and so literally Kramer at the time was like, you can move with Holly. And I was like, I just met her like yeah. that one time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So literally that Ringing summer it. of 08, I packed up my uh, like total leap of faith, went from a full-time benefits job, moved down to Panama City, moved in with Holly, only met her once. Wow. And we were like, wow, let's see if this will work. <laughs> and so then the next two years were just it was the most amazing scary stressful eye-opening two to three years of my entire life wow because it was like everything was so new it was different we were figuring out how to do a morning show how holly and i had to live together and work together uh it was just so many new experiences it was so exciting and thrilling but scary at the same time right and so we were there for three years and then we got the call to come to tampa the first time around with kramer Mm -hmm. and we were on a little station here and we came in being like we just rule panama city (laughs) we are so good tampa you better watch out okay (laughs) Well, we got fired a year later. Oh, man. A year later. But it was perfect because Mm -hmm. it's what needed to happen for us to sort of separate from Kramer. He went on to do his own thing, and we're all still friends. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Holly and I started doing what we do now. Right. We went back to Panama City and then came back to Tampa in 2015. So, right. And we've been here ever since. That's legit like movie status. Like, you know, two (laughs) co-hosts like living together, figuring out life. Like that's That's a little sick. That's its own script. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, we, you know, I never thought about it that way, but literally there are so many different things that I could like, this episode is this one. (laughs) This is the time when this happened. This is the time when I thought I heard Holly and her now ex-husband. Oh my goodness. You know, so many things happened back then that we could totally write a a future world. <laughs> is your show now because oh, you, they always fall back on remember what yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. right and it's perfect and you guys have some crazy stories yeah. <laughs> that are really cute and funny mm-hmm. um speaking of that mm-hmm. there's a few things um and i'm kind of jumping around because no, we're going to go back to a few things but we can't not talk about your recent engagement mm. mm-hmm which kind of is like almost a little bit of old news because you're already into planning. Yeah. But there's this awesome video. Mm. Um, and it's you and Holly do almost everything together. So yeah. there's really two stories in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So I know if you're a listener, you know what happened. And I got to see your ring in person today. Yeah. Thanks uh, to COVID. So <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so tell our listeners mm-hmm. um, how that went about. 
Yes, yeah, so uh, October 9th of 2020, um, my fiance, or my then boyfriend, mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. planning on going out of town to Atlanta because usually every second week of October, I always go to Atlanta Pride because oh, yeah. all my college friends are there. And so it's sort of like our little yearly reunion together. Yeah. Right. And so I hadn't seen anyone uh, because of COVID right. in a year because uh, we didn't go for the holidays or anything. And so we were like, all right, we're going. <laughs> so because of of it that Friday on our show we do this bit called headphone karaoke where we sing songs out loud you can't we we hear the music in our ears you only hear our voices oh right and it's always uh, it can fantastic. be interesting oh I can imagine yeah. <laughs> interesting that's a perfect word to say yeah. <laughs> it's interesting um, and so we had our afternoon guy Serrano in to um, fill in and, and sing in place of me since I wasn't going to be there that Monday mm-hmm. so I'm sitting in like the main host chair and there's Holly to my right Serrano right in front of me and Scott to the left and then behind Serrano and Scott is this big window because we're on the third floor of this um, office park building Mm -hmm. so I open up the microphones and I'm like hot 101.5 headphone karaoke (laughs) and then all of a sudden this sign starts coming down (laughs) right in the mirror or in the in the window and as a trained broadcast professional (laughs) you never let anything distract you Mm -hmm. the show must go on but then I looked at it as I was talking and it had like a ghost on it and it said look here or something is like look down it said look down because we're on the third floor and I saw that and I was like (laughs) all right, maybe this is like a, a, a Halloween promotion that we're doing and that this is like the way of them starting it so let me so I was like, hi, 1015, headphone care. Okay, there is a sign here. <laughs> What's going on? And then this, now in hindsight, I should have known something was up. Uh-huh. Because remember, there is a big desk, basically, with all of our equipment and computers between me and actually the uh, window. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Scott, you're closest what's down there? It says look down. Yeah. And Scott was like, I'm not looking down there. <laughs> and I look at Serrano and I was like, go look down there. He goes, I'm not looking down there. <laughs> at the time, I should have known something was up, uh, but I was like, all right, well, maybe this is part of the promotion. <laughs> so I walk over there and I look down and then there is my then boyfriend. Mm. Yep. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then Scott goes, here, put on these headphones. And then while all this is happening, I don't even notice that Serrano has moved behind the main board in the studio. And as soon as they put the headphones on, they go, Miguel, listen to this. And they hit play on this machine we have. And it is a message from my then boyfriend, Aww. who then to starts to describe our relationship and how meaningful it is. And then that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what is about to happen right now? <laughs> and then at the end of this very cute message, she goes, get down here now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now I see Holly. She has her phone pointed at me. And I'm yes. like, OK, I think I know what's happening. Uh-huh. So then I run down downstairs um, and they were like don't take the elevator run down the stairs <laughs> and I'm like but I'm gonna be out of breath and what do I wait what do, okay let me just go so then I walk out of the side of the building and there is a hot 101.5 tent there is broadcast equipment set up 
and behind the tent there are like all of our friends from oh. here in the area and some of them we hadn't seen because of covid, COVID in like six yeah. or seven months mm-hmm. and so immediately i was like oh my gosh i wore clothes that we're traveling in <laughs> there's <laughs> pictures and video i know what's about to happen and then like i saw friends that like aren't really talking anymore because oh, wow. of stuff that's happened in the past but they'd all come together for this right. and then Aww. i just i lost it i lost it <laughs> yep. and so then my our boss was trying to play like stage manager and so Abe my fiance gets down on his knee and he goes will you marry me and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) and then from there I don't remember what happened after that it was just a blur happiness blackout yes yes, it was was beautiful (laughs) it was it was it was one of the best moments because I'm a very nosy person <laughs> and it's a lot. Like you can't surprise me except they, for they that. Di- they right. did. They yeah, did. Got around all your defenses. Yeah. Oh, yes. wow. wow. I was just completely shocked and just flabbergasted because in the video you hear me say that as a, as a gay man, I growing up, you know, the time period that I did, I never thought marriage was going to be legal mm. and right. then in going through my 20s i never thought that i would be with anyone like that so i always thought i am be single like my <laughs> lot in life is to entertain to be there for people to mm. be a great friend to be a great son to be a great family member mm. but not to actually live life with Aww. someone like that mm. and so then when this happened not only can we legally get married but then i have found someone it was just all too much for me in that moment. And I was just like losing it. But it was such a special, special, special moment. Yeah. Right. And so the broadcast equipment was to kind of share that with the, the listeners. Yeah. And oh, that's awesome yeah. that so, they got to like. Well, mm-hmm. of course, you it know. became a radio promotion. Oh, yeah. Because oh, if you're in radio, yeah. which I spent most of my married life, my ex-husband's in radio. He's mm-hmm. going to be on What the Food Bank, actually. Oh, yeah. After with Miguel. Right everything becomes public knowledge. Oh, yeah. That There's was fair. always <laughs> a soundboard around you, and oh, yeah. um, every surprise becomes known to Tampa yeah, Bay. Absolutely. And, and that, now that it's online, it's known to everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, every sure. listener that there is. But it was a very special moment. And how wonderful for you from uh, the story that you're telling thus far, mm. from a young man who stuttered and his dream was radio. Mm. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. From a... a young gay man thinking mm-hmm. he couldn't have the dream right right that most everyone wishes for yeah. oh my goodness and now you have all of it i can't tell you how often i walk into my house that i purchased because mm-hmm. of my job because my mom never owned anything she's never been able to own anything right and so we grew up in apartments my entire life and so i've had the fortune to be able to buy my own home mm-hmm. yeah and there's probably once a week that i literally sit down on the couch and i look around and i think about how when i left for college I had all of my clothes in two Rubbermaid, green Rubbermaid baskets Mm -hmm. uh, because I lived with my grandma for most of high school and she lived in a one bedroom retirement apartment Mm -hmm. and I slept on the couch. Wow. And so all of my clothes were in these two Rubbermaid containers. Mm -hmm. And so when I left for college, I said, you will not move back. You will keep working until you have your own space. Nice. And I just worked and worked and worked and worked to do it and so the first day that i bought my house and i walked in and i was like you did it right <laughs> holy you crap yeah. you worked your butt off all these years and you put those rubber made containers down yeah mm-hmm. and you did it that's awesome and so <laughs> once a week i always look around at my house and i'm like you 
did it. That's so good to recognize, too, because I think people can lose sight of, you know, what they used to want. Right. And when you get there, it's good to take a moment and be like, wow, you know, like, I'm so glad that I got here. Stay grateful. Absolutely. Because it's so easy to not acknowledge the past and to empathize with your journey and your struggle. Mm. And so that's why I always take the time to just really sit down and just count my blessings and just be grateful Mm -hmm. that I was able to do it and that I had the help to be able to do it. For sure. Mm -hmm. Because I would not be here if it weren't for the teachers that gave me money so I could go to prom Mm -hmm. or the scholarships that I won to buy my first car Mm -hmm. or the guy from my church in Atlanta that had a a car dealership who probably lost money (laughs) so I could buy my first car, you know, or the people from church that gave me money so I had money when I went to to church or to college Mm -hmm. or to Holly for letting me live with her when I didn't even, I couldn't pay her rent the first three months we lived together because I was part time. I mean, all these moments in my life I can point to people helping and that's why I always say you know if Shannon you say hey can you share some information for feeding Tampa Bay I'm like absolutely (laughs) what else can I do right how else can I help right because you absolutely I'm so grateful for that yeah and it it flows from you and it comes back to you as well Mm -hmm. and it keeps coming back because that's who you are right and that happens a lot for people The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. You'll find out more this spring. One hint, FoodRx. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org slash programs. So you mentioned Holly, so Mm -hmm. we're talking about your your wedding that's coming up. You Mm -hmm. did, you um, invited very originally uh, to include Holly. Tell us a little bit about that because I thought it was a very interesting approach. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. So I was, when we started, when the wedding uh, or the proposal happened, I then was like, oh crap, (laughs) I have a lot of friends from college. You know, being in radio, we moved around from Panama City here in Tampa Bay. We've been here now for six years. Mm -hmm. And it's like I have these little families, you know, wherever I have moved. And so then I was like, who do I include in the wedding party? Yeah. And then everybody automatically was like, well, Holly's going to be in your wedding, right? (laughs) Clearly, clearly. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So because I had never thought about getting married, I was like, well, what's the criteria for asking people? So I literally had to Google, like, how do you pick people to be in your wedding party? And I was like, all right. And then I didn't realize that there was so much responsibility on top of that. So then I was like, all right, well, who do I want to place this burden on to help out the financial cost and the time? So then I sort of literally put all of my friends in 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 a Word document and I was like, all right, let's see, who can do what? So... Um, I decided that I felt like it'd probably be too much with Holly taking care of her mom and her daughter, Mm -hmm. being a single mom. She's got a lot going on. She does. And so then being like, hey, do you want to go to a bachelor party and then pay for this nice suit and all Uh, this stuff? And then I was like, well, what can we do for what what can Holly do? I want her to be a part of the process. Um, And so because on the air, we had said that I was going to try this whole year long campaign to try to get Oprah to come (laughs) officiate the wedding. (laughs) And then as I sort of taken away the spectacle of what I thought the wedding was going to be but I want it to be very personal and in- intimate mm-hmm. I was like if Oprah okay first off I'm assuming that Oprah would come and do it yeah. like that's a big <laughs> assumption on my part okay um, and I was like alright that would be a lot and I was like 
the perfect person to preside over that day of love would be Holly, yeah. who we've been through so much together. Right. And so that's why I decided to ask her. And then I was like, well, of course I have to do it on the air. I can't just <laughs> right. take her to Duh. dinner. Yes. What are you talking about? Um, and so that's why um, I said on the air, we had a, we do you always do a tease because you mm-hmm. want people to listen more. For sure. So that uh, Monday I was like, hey, there is a wedding update. Uh, good or bad there's a wedding update oh god because i like to be dramatic uh-huh. mm-hmm. i've always been dramatic um and so we were like the next day and holly had no clue what was going on mm-hmm. so um i started the segment and talked about how you know we wanted oprah but we wanted to be more intimate um and i was like well there's somebody that we wanted that a lot of people in tampa bay know about and so Holly immediately thought, oh, it's Mayor Jane Castor of Tampa. Because uh, I really respect her. Uh, she's a lesbian, um, lives her life openly, unabashedly, mm-hmm. and is an amazing politician mm-hmm. um, and mayor for you know mm-hmm. our area. And so I was like, good guess, but it's not her. <laughs> so then I brought this bag up and we I bought this card that said, will you? And then you had to scratch it off and uh, it'd say, marry that's awesome. us. And so I told Holly to take that, to scratch it off. And then she read it. And then there were tears. Aww. It was so much tears. And then there was a little book with the date of the wedding that said Holly O'Connor officiant. Aww. And then a, 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 a bottle of wine that we've come to enjoy together um, through the year. So that was sort of how we asked her on the air. That's so cool. Right? And I, th- I think she was like a certified officiant like before the day was out. Oh, <laughs> like, oh right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, boom. Because like, you can do I'm it online, in. I think, now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She don't play. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she was like, done, done. done. I'm ready. Done. 5 p.m. We are That's ready. Amazing. Yeah. Let's roll. We can do roll. this tomorrow if you want to. <laughs> Let us roll. <laughs> she was ready for it. Absolutely. She was That's totally so cool. in. So, of course, we're feeding Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. All about food. So... If you, I know you cook. Mm-hmm. Yes. All the time. <laughs> I see on social, some of that stuff looks good. We mm-hmm. need to share some recipes. Yes. So if there was one meal that you think you are the best at, your favorite meal to cook, what is it? Ooh. Um, okay. So there's one that I feel like is my staple uh-huh. that I know mm-hmm. I'm good at. I can do it with my eyes closed. I only do it probably two or three times a year. It is my fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, mashed potatoes meal. That's that Georgia okay. coming out. Okay. <laughs> and then Eb just invited himself over to dinner. Yeah, yeah. So whenever with. that's getting made again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That is like my meal that I just, that is my, I don't care about yeah. calories. I was going to say, that's not the healthy version. No. That's why it's a few times a no. year. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. it is. You had that one at, at macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It is. Uh, that is my favorite meal. So that is like my like a few times a year. But the other meal that I feel like is I'm just amazing at and I've perfected it. And I've even had one of my friends who is Italian. Um, his grandmother is from Sicily. Oh, wow. And so when I invited him over, I was like, you can be honest. <laughs> right. You can be honest. My chicken parmesan meal. That is one of my favorites. And my I feel like my I perfected it. Everything is like perfect when I make that meal. So my chicken parmesan is like my favorite meal. That's two meals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That you can have us over to Chateau Oprah. That's yep. Yep. Um, I was gonna say Shea Miguel. (laughs) Well, it should be from these recipes. Okay. Mm -hmm. My third question around food, and this is more of an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. A memory around the table. It can be from childhood, some meal, 
and moment that pops into your head that brings this magnificent memory to you? It would be my mom's breakfast. Mm. Um, so because of the relationship I've had with my mom, where I've always sort of been like the an old soul. So I've always been sort of like the parent and she was the child oh, well, yeah. um, just because my mom went through some stuff early on that she's had to work through. So when I was born, um, she wasn't ready to settle down. So she was like still living her best life. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I lived a lot with my grandma. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that my mom does so well is breakfast. Hmm. And one of the things that I am working through as an adult is asking for help because I've always had to sort of just put pull my boots up and do it right. myself. Yeah. I got myself into college and I got my house and I'm, you know, I did it myself. Look at me. Yeah. Right. But what I've had to learn and working on a, a morning show with the team and now also being engaged is that you can't do everything yourself. Mm. Right. You can't not share yourself and share all these things uh, or you, you can't do it by yourself. You right. have to share it. Right. And when I oh, was, oh gosh, seven years now ago, um, it was actually after the weekend, they flew us uh, here to Tampa to interview for Hot 101.5. And I was like ready and it was amazing. <laughs> and I was like, we killed that interview, it was great. <laughs> and I was living by myself in Panama City. And that next morning, um, I woke up around two o'clock in the morning and I was like, oh, my stomach hurts, oh my mm. gosh. Then I tried to go to the bathroom and I was like, mm, something's not right. Like you just know yeah. when like this isn't a pain that I felt before. So at two o'clock in the morning, I drove myself to the hospital and I was told the nurses, I was like, I think I think something's wrong with my appendix. And they were like, oh, what did you web MD? <laughs> and I was like, I did, but something's not right. <laughs> And then they like took me in to um, do an x-ray or whatever. And they were like, oh no, so you were right. Your oh. <laughs> appendix needs to come out. Oh my goodness. So um, I called my mom um, and I was like, hey mom, it's four o'clock in the morning now. I don't want you to worry, but worry because I'm getting my appendix out. Mm. They're, they're, they're putting me under. And Panama City is about six hours from Atlanta. And my mom said, okay, I'll be in the car in about five minutes and I'll be down there. Wow. And I was like, you don't have to. I'll be fine. Like they said, my recovery will be fine. I can have a friend pick me up. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll be out of work for two days. I'll be fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. But please believe when I woke up, yeah. my mom was like halfway to uh, Florida. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so she got home and or I, my friend came, picked me up after the surgery. I was fine. And then I get home. My mom arrives to Florida a couple hours later. And she was like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want some eggs, some grits, <laughs> and some sausage. And she makes amazing eggs, grits, and sausage. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, that's one of my first sort of thoughts that I need to stop trying to act like I can do everything myself because mm. I still yeah. need my mommy. Yeah. yeah. And I never call her that because she told me in uh, middle school, she was like, don't call me no mommy. I don't want no grown ass black man saying, mommy, Fair call me mom. But I was like, in that moment, you yeah. are my mommy. For sure. Yeah. And I needed that eggs and that grits and that sausage. Yeah. yeah. And so to me, that's always been one of the most comforting meals to have yes. that reminds me of home mm -hmm. is that, that breakfast staple. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there's a there's yeah. an art to the right grits. Oh, absolutely. From whatever the, from whatever way you're used to them, the way your oh, mom man, yeah. makes them, mm-hmm. whether it's creamy, whether it's <laughs> soupy, it depends on what you like. Mm-hmm. It's whether it's with specific. a little cheese, whether mm-hmm. you like it with butter, it's, lots of butter, oh, lots of lots cheese, and lots of butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However you, you like it, yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta let it get a, mm, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. So wow. Oh. So yeah, so that to me is like one of the, just the so many memories and and things came out of just that one little meal and, and that that experience with my appendix. Definitely, definitely. I'm sure that was like a Popeye moment too. Like you ate it, like da, 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 like instantly, <laughs> instantly better. You know, great ab. Because as I'm like getting all emotional, I'm like I just bought my mom yeah. that, and she was like. But do you really need grits after having your appendix out? Like they just went inside your body. Like, do you really need that? It's like Lou, you know? baby. It's yes. perfect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I yep. felt real good after yes, that. You did. It was. It was food for your soul. Absolutely. Ah, oh, so good. I want yes. some now. Right. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking that. I was like, we're gonna get breakfast. Florida Blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health. In partnership with Feeding Tampa Bay, their collective goal is a hunger-free Tampa Bay by 2025. How will we do that? By ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh, nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle. We invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. Well, speaking of breakfast food, (laughs) perfect segue, y'all, because we're working. Well, of course, we have Feeding Tampa Bay has cereal for summer on, and we're super fortunate Mm. that we have um, Cox Media Mm -hmm. as one of our sponsors, and we're going to have some great little ads going around Miguel and Holly's show. So um, we are going to beat hunger box by box with Mm. cereal for summer, and I know to date we have over uh, 780,000 meals mm, today so that we've raised so far and That's we're just going to keep going and uh what's your favorite cereal Ooh, and you know what it's so funny you say that because i stopped eating cereal probably a little bit after college is you know i feel like you get to a certain age and that that milk just don't hit right anymore it's true yeah and you're like ooh, i gotta back <laughs> off of it so because it's or you become good. friends with lactate exactly you know? <laughs> and then everybody around you later mm-hmm. that day is like ooh. <laughs> What That's did you true. have? You had cereal today, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Ooh, we can smell that milk. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but I, I just went to, I was grocery shopping yesterday mm-hmm. and saw that they now have these, the cereal bars. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. But not like the healthy kind, right. but the, like the, 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 the sugary kind <laughs> that we love. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there was like the Fruity Pebbles yes. and the uh, graham, graham cracker one. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, why? <laughs> you can donate them. And yes. we are we are accepting those to donate. Really? And, I will buy some. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can donate those. And we're also uh, public is doing bogos yeah. so know, we're encouraging people yeah exactly <laughs> buy one for you give some to the kids mm-hmm. i did so okay <laughs> i did listen to you so on may 14th we're all going to be together on both sides of the bay and mm-hmm. you can go to cerealforsummer.org to find out more information mm-hmm. and it's a really fun day it is a long day for me yeah <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> yeah. uh six in the morning to seven at night but Ooh. it's a lot of cereal yeah. and it's, on the hillsborough side it's really fun because sheriff chad chronister comes with mm-hmm. all the lights because he's been 
collecting cereal with all the sheriffs mm. and deputy sheriffs. There's one sheriff. <laughs> all all the fellow let sheriffs. me. There's only let one sheriff in this parallel. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, all the deputies. They've been collecting, and they come with all the lights on, and they pretty much mm. launch the Hillsboro side. So Pinellas. Mm. Um, step up. Anyway, <laughs> what you got? Yeah. The challenge is on. Right. Uh, anyway, so cereal for summer is a lot of fun for us. Yeah. So uh, we I do lo- a lot. I love that you all do that. Um, that is so... I talked about this on our show this morning um, when we talked about your program coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, that's very close to me because I was always on free or reduced lunch in yes. school. And there was a lot of time when I was living with my grandmother in high school that... You know, she didn't have the money and then my grandmother didn't. And then I I didn't see my mom for a couple days. And then I felt bad about asking my grandma Mm. for money because she was on a a fixed income. And so then I'd be like, well, I'll just figure it out. And if it weren't for friends in school that would be like, oh, Miguel, and not make a big deal about it. And just be like, oh, here's a sandwich. Or, oh, I remember one year, one of my friends, I'll never forget this generosity. Um, his parents like would load his uh, lunch card up with yep. money for the semester. Mm-hmm. And so one year he was like, my dad loads it, but then my mom fixes me uh, lunch. <laughs> right. So he was like, just use my card for the semester. Nice. That saved my life. Wow. Saved my life. Yeah. So anything that helps kids be able to eat is just such a near and dear place to my heart. Yeah. We have a lot of programs. Cereal for Summer, of course. But we have, uh, her name is Clarissa Rain. Mm. And uh, after school programs, we Mm. have our Feeding Mind programs that we have um, school pantries inside the schools where parents can go shopping. Um, Even the kids in middle school can go in and get food to take home. Love that. Um, So we, because we want to take that stigma away to where maybe you probably felt that I don't have enough. I don't want to ask my grandmother because mm-hmm. I'm worried about it. We just really want to take that stigma away. Right. And it's funny that you tell that story. Um, I have my youngest son, Chase, mm-hmm. um, of course, had one of those accounts that mm. we would fill up virtually. We would fill it up. Right. And we kept he kept wiping this account out. We're like, Chase, <laughs> we're really giving, hungry. <laughs> like, we're giving you fifty dollars a week. What right. are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it ended up he had a couple of friends that mm. the lunch at the time was different than everyone uh, else's and they didn't get to go through the line. And if you were on free and reduced or you didn't pay your bill, you got a different lunch. So he was inviting his friends to go mm. in on his tab because he didn't want them to have to have a different lunch. Uh-huh. So that's when at the time, Mike and I were like, okay. <laughs> like, can't get mad at that. Yeah, no. right. Oh, man. Here I am. We're thinking, we feel bad. We think, we're thinking he's piling on, you know, yeah. right. all this lunch, and he's actually inviting <laughs> his friends over <sighs> to go to the salad bar and the pizza oh instead of gosh. the cheese. Can you imagine I, mm. having yeah. a kid? And I'm like, okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting away from that. Actually, our that. schools are getting away from that. They don't right. do that any longer, which right. I think is we're moving in really wonderful directions when it comes to nutrition, equality, mm. um, respecting diversity. Yes. Um, I really think we're going into some magnificent directions. Well, I, I feel like those sort of programs, like, I mean, obviously a, 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 a bill has to be paid at some point, sure. you know, but that sort of shame that you teach kids early on yeah. leads to food insecurity later on. Mm. And especially after going through the pandemic, right. when, you know, when we would help out and do food drives and stuff to the station and I'm like, Yes, your neighbor may not have any food in their pantry. Like they have just enough to pay the bills and to pay, you know, for the lights on, mm-hmm. but then that's it. That's why we have these programs 
and people shouldn't feel ashamed because mm-hmm. we're all going through this experience collectively. Right. And so many people lost their jobs right. just in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Right. Thinking, you know, I feel like March 13th, 2020 was like D-Day. Yeah. Pretty yes. much. Before that, we were like, what's this coronavirus uh-huh. thing? This sounds crazy. Right. And then March 13th, the world changed. Mm-hmm. And so I know several friends that literally a week later, they lost their job. Man. Yeah. When they were thinking everything was great. Right. And they were like, I'm saving up. I'm going to buy a house or a car. And they didn't have a job. Yeah. And so these people that thought I would never be a person that would be going in a line for a food bank or something like that. Right. They were having to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. But there was no shame in that. And that's why right. we have these programs set right. up to help because everybody at some point in your life is going to need that help. Right. Yeah. Well, it's right. kind of like what you said earlier about, you know, when you have a food drive and the people who have less are the ones who give more. And it's mm-hmm. like they've been there. And now so many more people have been there and they get it, you know. Right. Absolutely. It makes a big difference. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you all are here to help and make such a great job of promoting it and making sure that there is no shame about asking for help. Because as a person who's had to raise their hand and in it, like I said, if it weren't for so many, I mean, there are so many stories I should write. I could write a book about <laughs> here's who helped me right. <laughs> and why I'm thankful for them. Right. Uh-huh. It would be so long because yeah. I would not be sitting here if it weren't for these people. And right. so having an organization like you all to help in such a big way is so awesome. Yeah, well, when your when your movie comes out <laughs> right? and you're thanking the Academy, you'll have to have your whole list of you know right. lifelong helper. It'll take Absolutely. a while to read, but it will. It will. <laughs> starting with the third grade yeah. teacher, right. thank you, and moving on the way. Right. right, and we have to have that original script. Yeah, because <laughs> I want to lay eyes on that. Absolutely. I want to see that because that's epic. Yeah. So Miguel, we want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I think you have shared a lot of your story that will help inspire those that are listening to Mm. maybe help their kids even to hang in there and just keep going for what you want because you started so young with Mm -hmm. your dream and Mm -hmm. honestly look at you today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You keep plugging along and people say that you're, I, I watch and listen. Well, actually it's so funny that I say I watch your show (laughs) because I Mm -hmm. actually do because radio is changing and transcending and doing things to stay completely relevant and fun and, uh, I got to say your TikToks, the best is when <laughs> Abe comes in the back and turns around. I swear he wins because his fiance all of a sudden is like, oh, <laughs> that was my favorite of all time. <laughs> and That's that awesome. is not a lie. Yeah. I like, know. What crazy thing are you doing today? Exactly. It was the best reaction I've ever seen. But um, just congrats on all. Thank you. Thank congrats you. on all. And thank you. And any la- anything that we need to help share that is going on coming up into the summer that, that you have? Yeah, so we um, we have, we have a big project that we're working on for mm-hmm. the fall mm-hmm. that I am so beyond excited that it is coming together. And let's just say that you're going to be able to experience Miguel and Holly in a way that you never thought possible. Mm. Wow. Okay. And we'll have details this fall. <laughs> dun, See, dun, stay dun, tuned. Yeah, I told tuned. you I like to be dramatic. Okay. I know. <laughs> Boosting those ratings, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe you'll have to come back with Holly yeah. right before that happens. Anyway, and we'll absolutely. have to give some big teasing out. Yeah. Thank you so much, friend. Up Thank next you. on What the Food Bank is Mike Olivero from Cox Media. He is going to give some great tips and explain 
why it's so important that nonprofits need to be part of radio and how helpful that is. And we know that here at Feeding Tampa Bay. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Mike is up. Hello, everyone. Welcome to What the Food Bank. We are just coming uh, fresh out of a great conversation with Miguel Fuller from 101.5. And we wanted to expand that out to, you know, basically the, the company that makes 101.5 possible, Cox Media Group. So today we have Mike Olivero, who is in charge of targeted promotions and marketing in Florida for Cox Media. How are you doing today, Mike? Good. How are you doing, man? Good, good, good. Appreciate you sitting with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we obviously we got to talk to Miguel, really fascinating young man, has one hell of a life story. Yeah. Um, you know, learning about him and Holly and his journey, you know, uh, really across several states, you know, uh, kind of following his passion on the radio. Um, so can you tell us a bit about like, obviously they're working with us on Serial for Summer. Can you yeah. tell us a bit about like, you know, Cox Media and how they like to get involved with the community and help out? Yeah, sure. So uh, Cox Media Group, you know, across all our stations, you know, I, we think it's our responsibility to help our Tampa Bay community. And that was never more evident than last year. I mean, obviously everything that we've been going through as a community and as a country and as a, obviously as the world, um, you know, with, with, with COVID and everything. And, you know, last year we were just hit with this crisis to like, what do we do? First of all, as broadcasters, you know, what is our responsibility? What are the things that we have to do? And one of the things is obviously giving back to our community and, you know, just, you know, there, there's a couple of things you should never see in this world. One of them, people going hungry. So the work that Feeding Tampa Bay does to, to help uh, people who are food insecure, it's just incredible. Um, and we just ran into a situation last year to where, whether it was that, whether it was, you know, Toys for Tots or whether it was the Humane Society, there's so many people that needed help. And we were more than happy and privileged to step up and to try to help our community uh, during trying times. And, you know, we, we help all the time. It was even more so than last year. You know, there's this thing in radio called the NAB Crystal Award. And in 2019, um, 97X won it for Excellence in Community Service. Last year, four of our stations, there's only 50 stations that are finalists for it nationwide. We had four of the stations here at Tampa Bay, and they were 107.3 The Eagle, which is one of our stations, uh, Magic 94.9, which actually won uh, for the 2020 uh, NAB Crystal Award, uh, 105.5 The Dove, and 102.5 The Bone, all four Cox Media Group stations. Uh, and it's just, we don't do this for the awards and the accolades. We do it because it's our, it's our responsibility to give back to our community. Yeah, and I mean, you know, people identify so closely with their local radio stations, you know, like they get to know the host, they, you know, they learn the shows, they know their favorite times to watch or listen, you know, and, uh, and I think it's so cool that, you know, they can know that you guys are working in their community, you know, like they can actually kind of communicate with you and collaborate, um, you know, and try to better their surroundings. And um, I know that that's something that, you know, Miguel said was very close to him. And one of the main things that we talked about with him was how, you know, nobody can do it alone. And I think, uh, you know, it's really great that you guys are kind of providing that leadership and that hand up in a time when, you know, people are really just looking for some guidance and some comfort. You know? Yeah, definitely. And, and there's people like, you know, we have some great on-air personalities across our brands. You're talking Miguel and Holly and Sky at 101.5, you know, on the Dove, it's Ann Kelly on Magic 94.9. It's Danielle, you know, on 97X, it's Sam on 107.3, the Eagle, it's Fisher. 
And then on the bone, we have a cavalcade of people with Mike Calta having his own foundation, even and helping a lot of uh, underprivileged children. We have Drew Garabo and, and his relationship with the Down Syndrome Association in Tampa Bay. And you take all the things that we do throughout the year, whether it be toy drives or food drives, back to school drives, uh, stuff with the Humane Society. It's just great that we have all these great personalities that are in the forefront of what we do that people can identify with. And it probably makes them a little bit more of a want to align with different organizations based on their favorite personality being involved. So it's very cool to work in an atmosphere like this. Yeah. I mean, I, in a way they almost become kind of a uh, poster boys and girls, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, they do. The cause. <laughs> and then, and then also too, they're also a little bit competitive. Like when we do the toy drive every year, uh, you know, it's true trying to do more, you know, get more bikes in than he did the year before, you know, and then, you know, when we do our food drives, always trying to beat last year's total. And, you know, we're competitive because, you know, we get graded uh, based on, you know, ratings. And so if you're in radio, you're competitive by nature anyways. A lot of, guy, a lot of guys and girls who, whether they were in high school sports or, you know, whatever extracurricular activities that were com competitive, you know, you don't get into this business by being passive. Uh, you're a very aggressive type A individual. So it actually helps. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I said to Miguel was that it was really great to have, you know, a broadcast professional on the show because he fully understands, you know, that like presence and that, you know, storytelling angle, um, you know, and, and that is so key. I mean, I, I work in the communications department at Feeding Tampa Bay, obviously, and it's so important to have a clear, direct, you know, understandable message that, uh, that resonates with people. Yeah. Um, and I think that no one could really understand that better than people who, you know, who resonate all day long, you know, to the, yeah. To the public. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. And it's just, you know, it's a funny thing. We think about, you know, radio and we're talking into a microphone and it's hard. It's not like, you know, when you're a comedian and you're on stage and you get to see a crowd of 100 to 200 to 10,000 people, you know, you're getting an instant response. You could tell a joke on radio. You don't know if it's going to hit or if it's going to just fall flat. So it takes it takes a little bit of mental toughness of one to do the medium to begin with. But two, uh, when you see people like Miguel you know, resonate with the audience and uh, get the feedback and the love and accolades that he gets from his from the audience, it's fantastic. So it's really awesome to see. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, I think it's so great that uh, he's able to bring them into his life and kind of be you know connected with his audience. Obviously, we talked a little bit about how his uh, his wedding proposal was live streamed. You know? Yeah. Um, super big surprise for him, but you know, I, I think that it makes it so that people can relate to their personalities, and that's so important in terms of like yeah, and, and those those are the type of radio personalities that cut through the ones who are very authentic. It's that authenticity that gives you a relatability and relationship with your audience. Um, it creates brand loyalty and stationality loyalty uh, with certain individuals. So the more authentic you are, and the more relatable you are, more people are going to listen to you maybe even like live and die a little bit through you. And, you know, it, it takes a lot to put yourself out there because again, you don't know who's going to accept you or who's going to just, you know, change the channel. The one, the one thing about radio is that people don't have a financial uh, interest in it. You buy a computer, you have to use it because you spent $1,500, $2,000 on it. Uh, you buy a car, you're invested in that financially. Radio is just a flip of the button or a push of the button. And, you know, it's getting that brand loyalty and that stationality that gives people that bond with the station and try, you know, and, and really fortifies a great relationship between the audience and you know, our personalities. Well, it says a lot about Cox Media that you guys have such a, a strong following, you know, throughout your station. <laughs> well, it's great to work for a company and 
it, we're live and local, you know, we have live local personalities and, you know, look, I know there's a lot of you know, streaming platforms that people like and go to, and, you know, I don't listen to radio 24 seven, but when a hurricane's barreling down in our area and our state, you're not going to get it from a streaming service. You're going to get it from live local, you know, people like us. And, you know, we're there all the way through until they batten down the hatches. And then we simulcast with our TV partners, but, uh, we're also probably the first out to you know, let everybody know it all clear. And we've had a couple of close calls the past few years, and hopefully that's as close as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Uh, we actually had uh, one of our, our local weathermen on here, um, and that was one of the things he said is that people come to trust you. You know, like they 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 come to they look for you. Uh, Dennis Phillips, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they count on not just like your station, but you, like they count on Dennis, like they're, they Absolutely. want you know, Dennis's input. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you look at the Paul Delegados and, you know, the Dennis Phillips and you look at them and, you know, uh, Steve Jervy and those are guys that, you know, you're, you know, you, I mean, who's the guy who, uh, from CNN who goes all over the place and gets blown as the weather channel. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Oh Whatever his name is. I mean, yeah, we talked about him. He's not here every day, right? right. These guys are. These are people that, you know, are trying to keep us safe. And so it's the same messaging that we get when we align ourselves with like feeding Tampa Bay to make sure that there's someone like, you know, Miguel and Holly talking about cereal for summer and some of the great uh, programs that we have. And uh, it's our responsibility to give back. You know, no one should, like I said, there's the biggest thing you want to see me blubber like a baby is, you know, seeing a kid who says I'm hungry. And not that they're hungry for gummy bears or stuff like that. They just want to get food inside their belly so they can eat, you know, and that's no child should ever have to go through that. So it's a, it's a great service that you guys provide. It's a great program. We're proud to be a part of it. Well, you know, like Miguel said, we couldn't do it without some help. You know, we only have so many hands and your guys' voice is wide reaching. You have lots of influence and fans and, you know, we're just very appreciative uh, to you guys for, for helping us out. Yeah, no, thanks for including us. And, uh, Hopefully we get a ton of cereal and get to feed uh, these kids over the summer because, you know, they, have, they don't have the school programs to, you know, depend on. Um, so this is our chance to give back and give to the community and try to help uh, do some good for our own neighborhood. Absolutely. So when, so when can we hear you on the radio? <laughs> uh, I go on. So I do a show on the bone, uh, our talk station. I'm on Saturdays from two to four, the micro radio show. And uh, for the month of May, we're doing a mental health awareness uh, show break the stigma uh it's 8 to 10 a.m on saturdays and you know you go through the last year or so and you know before the pandemic set in mental health was such uh, a, a big subject and topic that you know you, you throw a pandemic that locks everybody down for a year and whether it's loss of income or family or loved ones um it's an opportunity for people to go you know know where they can go for help for mental because it's a tough world out there as it is and then you throw a pandemic on it and we don't need that <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, just a big old catalyst, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's just an opportunity, again, to give back and to try to help people and uh, make their lives better. I mean, that's what we try to do as a radio group, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's admirable. You know, you could just go out and talk celebrities, but it's awesome for you guys to, you know, really give back and really try to support the community. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, the last year plus, you know, we haven't had any live concerts. I mean, you just started opening, you know, you got to see some hockey games at Emily and the Razor letting some people in. The Bucks let some people in. We had all our teams go to all these great World Series and Stanley Cups and Super Bowl, and we weren't allowed to get jam-packed in there. And, you know, normally, you know, you get to high-five someone, and now you go to high-five someone. You got to let someone three rows back, you know, and you got to have a mask on, and then you got to sanitize your hands afterwards. 
Right. You want to get, you know, you want to get back to somewhat normal. And I think we're heading in that direction. So fingers crossed. Absolutely. Yeah. Fingers, toes, whatever we have. (laughs) Well, thank you for sitting with us and, you know, giving us some insight into how your group works and, you know, you guys are related with. Um, And we look forward to listening to your show on Saturdays and uh, hearing more from Miguel and Holly on uh, Hot 1015. Um, Thanks so much for having us and uh, having our station be aligned with this uh, great effort. And uh, we really appreciate it. Our pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon, sir. Have a good one. Take care. Stay safe. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.